0: Praise the Lord. Let's turn to God's Word. Uh, and we're going to continue our series on the blood. This blood is for you. Okay, the blood of Jesus is for us. He shed it for us. He, he poured it out on the cross for us. And a lot of people say, oh, we don't want a gory or a bloody message, a gory gospel. We just want gentle Jesus, meek and mild. Don't talk about blood. Well, folks, if we don't talk about blood, there is no redemption. There is no salvation. There is no healing. There is no deliverance. So we're going to look this morning, continuing uh, looking at 39 stripes for our salvation, healing, and more. And this morning, uh, we start off in Isaiah chapter 53. Now, I know we've spoken this last week in our Easter message, but it's central to our faith. It's central to the gospel that... He uh, he was despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrows on the cross and in his suffering, or, or as they call it, in his passion, acquainted with grief. Verse 3. Then verse 4 says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Now, if you get into the Hebrew of this, you'll see that the words grief and the word sorrows are actually mean sickness and pains or pain okay so we could say that jesus bore our sicknesses and carried our pains in other words it wasn't just for our sin that he died on the cross it was for our healing so this blood is for our healing and it says so here he was wounded for our transgressions he was bruised for our iniquities the chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed and it says stripes here in probably all of our Bibles if you have a Bible with you but in actual fact again in the Hebrew the word stripes it means wounds and stripes or wounds is singular in the Hebrew so with his wound we were healed now why does it say one singular word wound when he received many stripes, 39 stripes, uh, which was the Roman uh, form of flogging. And it wasn't just, you know, getting hit with a whip. It was, they had little bits of uh, stone and metal and glass in, embedded in those whips. So that when, they, when the Roman uh, soldier would whip someone across their bare back, when they pulled it back, it would rip the flesh off, rip the skin off and expose the organs and the bones underneath. And the reason it's wound or stripe singular in Hebrew is because by the time these Roman soldiers were through with you, you just had one big wound. Your whole body was a wound. It was a suppurating mass of blood and guts and so on. So that's why there were many stripes, but there was only one wound. And by that wound we are healed. It tells us here with his wounds, with his stripes, with his singular wound. After all those many stripes, we are healed. So he was healed at the whipping post, folks. Uh, sorry, he was whipped at the whipping post. We are healed at that whipping post. And so before Jesus even died for our sins on the cross, he, he took care of the sickness problem. He took care of the, the ailments of our body before he took care and dealt with the ailments of our soul. Uh, Wonderful truth. And of course, this word stripes, it means whiplash or lashes of the whip, not whiplash as in you get when your car crashes, but lashes of the whip. And it says here that with those stripes, with that wound, we were healed. And um, so this blood is for our healing. And further on in... In fact, let's just look at uh, uh, Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. And we'll look at verse 17. Because I, I want to, and I, and I know we, we looked at this last week, but it just so happens that this falls into our study this week as we've been through this study. So I believe if we're looking at it twice, two weeks in a row really, It's a great emphasis the Lord wants to put on these things. Because, you know, we pray for people to be healed. And we see answers to our prayer, but our healing is not based on a whim. It's not, well, God's in a good mood this week, or God likes you this week, so he's chosen to heal you. We have a covenant right to healing, folks. When Jesus died on the cross, what did he say at the Last Supper? This cup is the new covenant in my blood. So it's a covenantal right we have. So Matthew chapter 8, verse 17 says, it might be fulfilled. Well, in fact, let's just read verse 16. When the evening was come, they brought to him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, which we've just read, saying, himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. See, Matthew translates it correctly that these things are infirmities or sicknesses and pains or they're physical ailments, physical diseases. So whatever is wrong with your physical body, Jesus dealt with it at the whipping post and on the cross. He took your stripes, your wounds, or or our sicknesses, sorry, upon him and his stripes, his wounds, was our healing. As he was bruised, as he was lacerated, as his flesh was broken, as the blood spurted out, or his, or, or, or had bruises and, 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 and his blood came out, that was our healing. As he was damaged in his body in a horrific way. I mean, who would want to stand at a whipping post and receive 39 lashes? But he did it for you and I. And it wasn't just our sicknesses. It was everybody's sicknesses. It was everybody's sins. Imagine the awful penalty that he received in his own body. And he did that for you and I, brothers and sisters. So, also in First Peter, and we'll, we'll see it in First Peter, this is a theme throughout Scripture, the substitutionary atoning sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. And what that just means is he did it for you, he did it for me. Okay? So First Peter chapter 2 and it says, verse 24, who his own self bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sins should live to righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. There it is again. By whose wounds, whose lash wounds, You were healed. We were healed because he took upon him our sicknesses, our diseases, our physical ailments. Everything that's wrong with the physical body. And, you know, sometimes we just need to remind ourselves that um, we have a right to healing. That right is not a right we confer upon ourselves. He confers it upon us. He conferred it upon us. You know, and, and we have to also say this, folks, that we don't have a right to stay sick. Okay? Because you can, you, we can stay sick if, if, if you choose to, but he gave us the right to be healed. And what a terrible thing that he would suffer for us. It's the same with if you say, well, I know he died for my sins, but I'm going to do my own thing. I'm not going to receive him as a saviour. Well, that would be... Doing despite to him, wouldn't it, to the Spirit of Grace? But we do despite to him in his healing work on the cross and at the whipping post when we refuse to receive healing. So, folks, let's just let me encourage you this morning that if you're sick, you need a touch in your body, then just say, "Jesus bore my sickness. Jesus bore my pains. He took my diseases upon him." And you can lay hands on other people as well for them to receive this wonderful truth and power and reality that his blood was shed for our healing and we really need to emphasize that a good bit well let's look at our next thing which is his blood is for our deliverance in other words his blood is to set us free now that could be deliverance from habits it could be deliverance from demonic powers it could be deliverance from bad folks bad people it could be deliverance for a whole bunch of stuff. But Colossians chapter 1, let's go there. Colossians chapter 1. And we'll read what it says. Verses 13 to 14. Who has delivered us? Who has delivered us? Jesus has delivered us. From the power of darkness... Or God the Father has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. When you become a Christian, you are delivered from the power of darkness. Darkness is all over the world. The Bible says the whole world lies in wickedness. And it says that the nations, the people are in darkness, great darkness. And, and boy, oh boy, has that ever been more evident than in recent times. Pandemics, wars. Coming scarcity, or famine, death. Like I said, the four horsemen riding the earth, they're doing it right now. Now, we've always had these things. We've always had diseases. We've always had wars. We've always had um, maybe food shortages at different times. You know, some of you might even remember ration books um, and things like that. But, folks, this is the end times that we're living in. These are the end times. And the four horsemen that it's spoken of in Revelation, plague, war, famine and death. These four horsemen are riding the earth right now. And if we believe some of the uh, the, the reports that are, were, we're seeing on YouTube and uh, the news and different things. You know, this week alone, many, many food processing plants in America and other parts of the world were all burned down. Accidentally, they tell us. One, in fact, one a plane flew into it and started the fire but others so they're saying that now what i'm trying to say is are these things being engineered probably probably they're trying to create scarcity okay and prices are going up anybody notice that and they notice your gas bill your electric bill or or supermarket shop right through the roof why because that's scarcity that's famine you see, the Bible tells us these times would come, and you know, they may be trying to engineer that, make it happen but the, it doesn't make any difference to you and I because you can't go to the uh, British Gas and say well, you know what, I think they're trying to make these things happen, so I'm not paying my bill, good luck with that amen, or you can't go to the, the checkout at Asda and say well, I don't agree with these price rises so I'm not paying that extra 32 pence for that item Good luck with that. Security is coming for you. Amen? So folks, we're living in times where the Bible is coming, is proving itself to be accurate, more accurate than yesterday's newspaper or today's newspaper because the papers are full of propaganda. The papers are full of lies. The media lies. That's how we know that, uh, you know, as you used to say, how do you know when they're lying? Because when their mouths are open, they're lying. And so, I don't know if you watch the news, but so much of it is just propaganda, rubbish, lying, and so on. But the Bible tells us that these things would, come, would happen. But this blood is for our deliverance. So he says here, we've been translated from that kingdom of darkness that's all around us into the kingdom of his dear son. And then it says, verse 14, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. This blood is for our deliverance. It has delivered us from darkness. So if you're born again today, then you've been delivered. If you're not born again, then get born again. Ask Jesus to come into your heart, repent of your sins, and start to follow him. I'm not saying become a Christian, meaning become a churchgoer. I mean become a follower of Jesus. Become somebody who has a personal relationship with God through Jesus, his son. And that the Bible says that we've, we've looked at redemption. It means to buy back. To buy back redemption means it's like going to the pawn. Okay, we've spoken about that before. You go to the pawn shop, you put in the watch your mommy gave you or whatever because you need money. But your intention: I need to get that back because it's precious to me. Right now, I need money. But when I when I get the money to pay for that back, I'll redeem it. That's why we call it. You go to the pawn shop to redeem something you've put in there. Well, Jesus redeemed us back to God because we, we actually belong to Him, and so His blood was the price paid to bring us back into His family. So anyway, but but here it says we are delivered. We are delivered and translated, which means it's a wee bit like Star Trek. Anybody watch Star Trek? And and uh, they they're on they're on the planet yeah and how do you get up to the starship if you're on a planet well you don't send in a wee starship or a wee ship you can do that you get the transporter beam and so you stand there and the next thing you're in the starship why because you've been translated you have been taken completely spirit soul and body from the planet into the starship well he's saying here the same thing happened We've been taken from the kingdom of darkness, which is what the whole world lies in, and into God's kingdom, into God's family. Now you're still walking about in in the earth, but you're no longer part of the kingdom of darkness. You're now part of the kingdom of his son. Even though you're here, you're here as an ambassador, you're here as as an emissary, you're here to do his work and his will And amongst all the darkness that's going on. But this world is not your home. And you don't really... Well, you do belong here, but you belong here by a different purpose. You're no longer part of the kingdom of darkness. The whole world lies under the wicked one, the Bible tells us, or Satan. But those who are born again have been redeemed, delivered, translated. So this blood is for our deliverance folks. And then our next one, and we'll look a wee bit at this one. This blood is for our protection. So let's go to Hebrews chapter 11 and see what it says because it's talking here. This is the, the roll call of faith in this chapter, Hebrews 11. It's speaking about the great heroes of the faith and one of those heroes was Moses. And we're going to see what happened here when it talks about Moses. It says, uh speaks about by faith, Moses verse 28. Uh, in fact let's just read from verse 27 by faith this is Moses it's talking about he forsook Egypt not fearing the wrath of the king or the pharaoh for he endured as seeing him was invisible then look at what it says here through faith this is Moses back in the old covenant he kept the Passover and of course Passover which is a Hebrew festival came uh, in time at at what we would call Easter okay Um, and so, so through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. And we all know the story. We should know the story. And let's go to Exodus chapter 12 and we'll look at it. What he's saying here is that Moses, on God's instructions, told the Israelites, the children of Israel, to take the blood of the lamb. And sprinkle it on the doorpost. Sprinkle it on the In other words, the entrance to the house was covered with blood. Okay, the reason it was covered with blood, and we'll read it. Let's just do that. Uh, from verse 1, The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be to you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. He's telling them, this is a new era. This is time starting all over again. And when you become a Christian, life starts all over again. You enter eternal life. You're no longer just interested in time as it is on earth. You're you're now in a heavenly realm. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house, take it according to the number of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. They shall take of the blood, verse 7. Um, they, they'll kill it. And they shall take of the blood of this lamb and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper post or the lintel of the houses, wherein they shall eat it. Now look at verse 12. This is why they do this. He says, I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. What he's saying is the firstborn is going to die. And the way to be protected from that, the way to escape that, is to have blood on your doorposts and on your lintel. So in other words, the blood, if you have it, will protect you at the entrance of your house. Now folks, we're living a different era, different covenant. And what he's saying is if you and I are covered by the blood in our bodies, in our spirits, then it means that we are protected from the angel of death. We are protected from destruction. We are protected from that which would harm us. Verse 13, the blood shall be to you for a token or a sign upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. You see, folks, when when God the Father looks down on us and he sees the blood of Jesus on us, us he says they're protected by the blood of the Lamb. Amen? Any calamity that comes, we're protected because we've got blood. I will pass over you. The plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. You know, I'm going to say this. I'm going to challenge us all to this. Every one of us, including myself. Um, you know, when COVID struck and when pandemics strike and diseases come, should we be standing on words like this and saying the blood of Jesus? Or is, or, or is our faith too weak to do that? That's why we need to, to have these studies about the blood so that we can have faith in the blood to protect us from plagues. Because this is where I believe there's worse stuff coming down the road. And we need to be people who believe in the blood of the Lamb to protect us. And so he goes on. Now, I want to say this to you, okay? Um, when it's talking about the blood, the blood is for our protection. He um, talks about the Passover. Now, uh, if you go deep into this, people will say, well, the angel of death passed over uh, the houses with the blood on it. Okay? And that's true. But if you go deeper into the text, you go deeper into the meaning of it, It's actually, um, it's not just the Passover covenant, it's the crossover covenant. And you'll see a deeper meaning if you go and study this. There's a wonderful book called The Blood Covenant, and the, the, the author goes into all this, and he says that it's not just a Passover covenant, it's a crossover covenant. So what he was actually saying was this, where it's not just the angel of death that passed over the houses with blood on them but that god himself crossed over the threshold of those houses because there was blood on the lintel and he entered those houses and it's because of his presence in those houses the angel of death would not come near isn't that wonderful it also tells us that where the blood is shed it attracts the presence so when you and i get saved born again and the blood of Jesus becomes a reality to us. And we say, I'm, I'm washed in the blood, I'm covered in the blood. Then that invites the presence of God in the form of the Holy Spirit to come in and live in our hearts, live in our house. Isn't that wonderful? He crosses over the threshold. You see, the Holy Spirit isn't living in the hearts of sinners who, who, who don't know Jesus. But he lives in your heart and mine because we do. And because the blood is on the lintel of our in our man. And that wonderful truth. So this blood is for our protection, folks. And I don't you know, we, we, we've, you've heard that old phrase, uh, the old time Pentecostals and others would use it quite a bit. I plead the blood. Why do you, why would they use that phrase? Because they would plead the blood of Jesus in their lives to protect them from whatever it was. Might have been uh, physical harm, might have been a plague might have been um, all kinds of things. And again, there's a wonderful book, Power of the Blood, by H. Maxwell White. He speaks a lot about pleading the blood. And you know, uh, that practice actually, um, I'm not saying it originated there, but it was used up at Cosyth in the great revival that was there at the beginning of the 20th century. And it broke out because they were pleading the blood. And a wonderful, wonderful story and a wonderful truth. And we spoke quite a lot about that great move of God. Back in 1908, around about that time. Anyway, praise the Lord, that's that's us for today, I think. We're going to leave it there in terms of our study. um, Giving you quite bite-sized chunks of this. Because it's a massive subject, the blood of Jesus. This blood is for you. So we've seen today it's for our healing. We've seen today the blood is for our deliverance. And we've seen today that the blood is for our protection. So folks, if you're in a situation where you need healing then remind yourself and remind the Lord, by the stripes of Jesus I'm healed. And remind the devil. And of course, if you need uh, deliverance from something, plead the blood of Jesus. It's so important to do that. And all you need to do is say, I plead the blood of Jesus in this situation, Lord. So in your prayer times, do that. And all these scriptures, uh, please look them up. And you can also sing, Uh, all these wonderful old hymns about the blood and the new hymns about the blood. Amen. Well, that's what we're going to do right now. We're going to sing our final hymn concerning the blood of Jesus, redeemed